if you're an aspiring apartment syndicator, maybe you've done a few deals, or maybe you've done one deal, or maybe you're trying to do a deal, and you've gotten on this podcast as this big time apartment syndicator, maybe it's just an apartment syndicator who's done twice as many deals as you have, it's a pretty good relationship to build and cultivate because they're where you wanna be in the next few years. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I wanna invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com, or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best of listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week... We air two podcast episodes that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the vast majority of these episodes and series, we offer something for you to download for free. These are documents such as PDF how-to guides that accompany the episodes. We've got Excel template calculators, PowerPoint presentation templates, things like that. The free documents as well as the past free syndication school series episodes can be downloaded and listened to at syndicationschool.com. And in this episode, it's going to be part one of a two-part series that we're calling Eight Tips to Nail a Podcast Interview. So you may be thinking, why is me being interviewed on a podcast relevant to apartment syndications? And there are a lot of benefits to not only starting your own podcast or some other thought leadership platform, but also getting yourself exposure on someone else's podcast. Just to name a few, you're able to tap into a network of brand new listeners. And that means that you'll have more potential followers of your own thought leadership content. And then from a apartment syndication aspect, that means you'll have more potential investors, more potential team members, more potential partnerships, brokers to find deals from, etc. So depending on the podcast, you'll be able to accomplish one or more of those goals, which is why you want to be 
specific on what podcasts you go on, but we'll get into that a little bit more in part two. Secondly, another benefit would be that you are going to likely be forming a new relationship with the host of that show, who is obviously as motivated as you are, since they are not only actively investing in real estate, but also are taking the time to record, edit, post, market, podcast interviews. And then a third benefit, which is probably the most important, and that would be, it will give you the opportunity to display your expertise to this new audience. So lots of benefits. Ultimately, the benefits of going on other people's podcasts is similar to starting your own podcast, but the really only major difference being that you're most likely tapping, yeah, the opportunity to tap into a, a brand new audience that is already established. And ideally, you're getting on podcasts that have more listeners, more viewers than yours, especially if you're just starting out. Obviously, you're just starting out. You're not going to be able to get on the top of the top podcast unless you've got something interesting to say. But slowly over time, as your podcast grows, you'll be able to get onto more and more podcasts, bring them on yours, you go on theirs. It's a win-win scenario. So that kind of setting the stage is to explain why we're talking about this and why it's important to go on other people's podcasts. And then the rest of this part and then part two tomorrow, or if you're listening to this in the future, the episode after this one is going to focus on some tips that Joe has learned from obviously creating his own podcast, but at the same time being interviewed on other people's podcasts as well. So some of these things apply to both doing your own podcast as well as being interviewed on other people's podcasts, but some of these are just specific to being interviewed on someone else's podcast. So tip number one is making sure you have the right equipment. So if you wanna know what equipment Joe uses for his podcast studio, you can go to joefairless.com and then under the resources tab at the top of the screen, you can scroll down to Joe's recs and then it'll start with recommendations for books to read. So if you're interested in finding some book recommendations on general entrepreneurship, apartment investing, mindset, and then sales negotiation, there's about 50 some books on that that Joe is recommending. And then Below that is going to be the podcasting tools. So he has his links to the equipment that he's using. So obviously one thing you're gonna need is a microphone. So for this, if you're watching it on YouTube, I'll also mention what I'm using to the listeners because if you're watching on YouTube, you can see. If you're listening to it, you can't really see. So the microphone, obviously important because you wanna have good sound quality. You're not gonna want to go on someone's podcast, they have a really nice microphone, and then you sound like you're underwater or like the old school 20 years ago radio sound quality. You don't want that. You want really clear, crisp quality for your interview because why would someone listen to you if they can't hear you? And there's some assumptions that go into the person that didn't even take the time to get a nice mic. So you want to sound as professional as possible, which requires a reliable microphone. Joe uses the ATR 2100 microphone. It's the little gray one. And then he's got a little foam ball on it as well. And then he's also got the mic stand that he uses. So you can find those links in Joe's Rex tab. I use Blue Yeti microphone. I have a little Offenix filter. And then I've got this arm that I use that's attached to my desk. So me and Joe's are a little bit different, but again, the point here is to have at the very least a decent sounding microphone. But the more professional sounding the microphone, the better. And then the stand is helpful because you're not gonna wanna hold the microphone with your hand. You want your hands to be free so you can take notes on what to say next. Next, you're gonna need a camera. So I'm pretty sure Joe and I have the same camera. 
we have the Logitech camera. So if you just go to Amazon and just Google Logitech camera, it's probably the most popular podcasting camera out there that most people are going to use. So they're pretty cheap and readily available, but most likely you might be interviewed for video as well. And if not, then you might be doing the interview. You might be seeing them. They might be seeing you. So you're going to want a nice camera for that. Plus if you have your own camera, you can make YouTube videos and convert your podcasts into video form for more content. So starting out, I use my iPhone. The camera on the iPhone isn't actually bad. Uh, the only issue is that I couldn't figure out how to hook it up to my computer. So they were kind of completely separate. It's easier just to get a camera that you can just plug into your computer and then record the video on your computer. Because if you're doing a Zoom call, it's going to be tough. If you've got your phone mounted up there, it's really small. And if you need to change something, you're going to stick your finger up to the camera. It's going to look a little strange. So make sure you get a separate camera. Ideally, it's an HD camera. So the quality is high and it's not standard definition because it's going to be weird if you're being even on a podcast, they turn into a video. They have a really high quality camera and then yours is fuzzy standard definition. So... Again, that camera is the Logitech camera. Just go to Amazon, you can find that pretty easily. The next piece of equipment you're going to need are headphones. So you don't really need to have nice fancy headphones. You just want to make sure that you have headphones in your ear so that there's no feedback. You don't want to echo from audio coming out of your laptop or your computer into your microphone and then playing back into their recording and it's kind of like a feedback loop. So if you've ever heard a podcast where there's an echo, it's probably because a person doesn't have headphones on. I've got these really big noise-canceling headphones, which are helpful for working in general. So if you want to have multi-purpose headphones, you can get the noise-canceling ones, or you can just use those regular in-ear iPhone headphones that are probably the most popular. Next, you're going to want to make sure that you have the correct software. So you're going to want to know what you need to use to call into the podcast. So we use Zoom. Other people might use Skype, so make sure you actually have that downloaded on your computer before the interview so that you're not waiting for the download to complete before you can hop into your interview and potentially show up late. The location, which is, I guess is kind of like the equipment, you want to make sure you're in a quiet spot. You don't want to do an interview in a public place like a coffee shop just because you don't want any background noise being picked up by your mic. So pick a room in your house that is quiet, close the door. And then make sure you put your phone on silent, not just vibration, because the vibration might be picked up. And also you don't want your phone ringing in the middle of the interview and interrupting the flow. So once you get your microphone, your camera, your headphones, you download the software and you've got your location, make sure you test everything before the interview. Make sure that your microphone is working. So maybe do a test recording to make sure that the audio is fine. Make sure that your camera is on and picking up video. Make sure the audio is actually going to your headphones and not out to your computer. Make sure the software opens up and you're able to maybe do a little test call to make sure that you can actually connect and then maybe record audio for a minute and then play it to see if you can pick up any background noise in the location that you're at. Make sure you've got a good internet connection as well. So if you know that if you're using multiple things in your house or on your computer and the internet slows down, maybe turn the Wi-Fi off on your phone, maybe unplug your smart TV or your Roku, whatever, anything else in your house that's using the internet, make sure you want you turn that off. And that really all you need to know about the equipment. So that's tip number one. Make sure you have all the proper equipment and make sure all of this functioning properly before you get on the interview. Tip number two is make sure you have a web presence. So when people hear you on the podcast, right, you, you give an interview, they post it a week, a month later. If they're interested in learning more about you, the first thing they're going to do is open up a web browser and search your name or search your company name on the internet or on Google and see if they can find you. So if you do have a website, you're definitely gonna see a spike in traffic to your website and social media profile. So make sure you're taking advantage of that and you're prepared to capitalize on that. So before the interview, make sure that all of your social media 
platforms, your Facebook page, your Twitter, your LinkedIn profile are up to date with the most recent information that you've given in your bio during the interview. Then if you have a website, make sure that is also up to date. And then we'll get into this a little bit later in the next episode that you're ready to capture the information of anyone who has come to your website. So if you don't have a website, this doesn't mean you can't be interviewed on podcasts. You can direct them to your social media page, but it's a lot more difficult to capture people's contact information if you don't have a website. So at the very least, have a lead capture page that you're sending people to at the end of the podcast. Plus, me personally, I'm listening to a podcast and they send me to their social media page. They have less credibility in my eyes than someone who sends me to a really nice designed website with a lot of information. They're giving away free content. They've got pictures and they've got descriptions of themselves and things like that. So that's number two, make sure you have a web presence and make sure it's ready to go once you are being interviewed on the podcast. All right, last two for this episode. Number three, I guess there are multiple tips in this, but these are just tips about the actual interview itself. Number three is going to be tips on how to basically give a best ever interview. And then number four is going to be the best ever practices to do after the interview. So here's some of the best practices that you should implement when it's time for the interview. So this would be a few minutes beforehand until the end of the interview. So the first thing that I used to do when I had a, a laptop, and again, this is going to depend on the quality of machine computer that you have. So if you have a desktop, probably not going to be an issue, but if you're working on a laptop, this could be a problem. So you want to make sure that you're closing out all of the applications on your computer, except for the ones you're going to use. So if it's a Zoom interview, you're going to have Zoom open, maybe have a web browser open if you'd like to search for things while you're being interviewed, and then maybe have a Word document open. But if you realize that that's still not enough and you're still having issues with connection or the calls are dropping, then maybe you can just have Skype open and you're gonna have to search things on your phone and you're gonna have to have a notepad that you're taking notes on. So just make sure, again, that you're not dropping calls, that the connection isn't laggy and you can tell during the call if it's laggy because they'll start lagging on your screen. So that doesn't guarantee that it's you, but it's probably you if you're not used to giving interviews and, and they are. Something else that I previously mentioned, again, depending on the power of your machine, turn off Wi-Fi on all the other devices if you're using Wi-Fi on your laptop, including your cell phone and any other smart device that you have in your house. Again, this will minimize the chances of you dropping the call or having choppy connection. Something else that you can do and that I always recommend doing before interview is going to one of the internet test speed sites and running a internet connection test. So if you just Google test internet connection, there's a bunch of different websites you can just easily click go and it'll give you your upload time and your download time. And then you can compare those to the setting on Skype or Zoom and they'll let you know what download time you need in order to have a standard definition connection or an HD connection. And if your internet isn't up to speed, then you're going to want to make sure, again, you're turning off devices, turning off applications, and just crossing your fingers that it works. If it doesn't work, you might have to consider upgrading your internet. But most of the basic internet packages these days should be fine and can support you being interviewed on Skype or Zoom. But again, you might have to close some things out on your computer. Something else that you should do, which might look a little weird if it is a, a video, but if it's audio, you should definitely do this, which is to have water handy. So I have this big one gallon water jug that I have next to me. It is called the coldest water. So I try to drink a gallon of water every single day. So obviously I don't drink water much while I'm doing the syndication school series because we're also doing a video as well. But 
if you're not used to doing podcast interviews, especially early on, you're going to want to have water next to you because you're going to get nervous and you're going to get parched and you don't want to clear your throat a bunch or start coughing or start mumbling because your mouth is really dry. So always have a nice cup of water handy or whatever your preferred beverage is. And then make sure if you're going to drink, unless you've got a silencer on your water jug, make sure you mute yourself so that the people listening don't hear a massive slurping sound of you drinking your water every five minutes. Another tip is to turn off all sources of potential background noises. So if it's going to be a half an hour interview and you know that, say, when your AC system kicks in or your furnace kicks on, it makes a big clicking sound or a large banging sound or something, you're going to make sure that you turn that off. You don't want any TVs on in the background. Something else, too, that's key is that if you're going to type or if you're going to be clicking your mouse, make sure you're muting yourself because depending on the quality of microphone you have, it's going to pick up the clicking sound and the typing sound, and that's going to be annoying to the listeners. Try not to move around in your chair a lot either. Your chair might be squeaky and that might be picked up. Um, and a good practice is to just mute yourself when you're not talking. And software like Zoom, you can easily click mute and then it'll kind of give you a message saying like, hey, you're on mute. So if you are doing that strategy, <laughs> make sure that you unmute yourself before you talk again. If you're not used to it and you're going to be nervous, you might forget to unmute yourself and you're going to be talking and the podcast interviewer is going to be polite and probably not say anything and maybe might say like an awkward like, hello, and you realize you're on mute and again, that's going to ruin the flow of the conversation. So if you get to mute yourself, that will probably be edited out, but that'll still ruin the flow and that might make you really nervous and flustered and forget what to say or not say what you wanted to say. So if you think you can handle it, just mute yourself when you're not talking to avoid making any sounds that are going to be picked up while the interviewer is talking. So these are all things to do prior to the actual interview. Make sure that you're actually logging into the interview a few minutes early. That way, if there is any sort of back and forth in the beginning, that doesn't eat into the actual scheduled podcast time. I guess these are also all pre-interview preparations. Make sure you get a good night's sleep beforehand. You're probably going to be nervous if it's your first podcast, so go to bed extra early. Maybe get a little bit less sleep the night before so that you are tired and can sleep easily the night before your podcast interview because you're not going to want to be tired. You're going to be clear and be your best self. Something else, and this is hard but try your best to avoid using filler words. Those can be edited out, but um, like I just did, don't say um, yeah. So most people know what filler words they typically use. So whatever ones you use in day-to-day -day normal conversation, you're most likely gonna use them a lot more when you're being interviewed on the podcast, especially because they're called filler words for a reason and you say them while you're thinking of the next thing to say. And when you're nervous in your earlier podcasts, you're going to say a lot of filler words. So they can be edited out, but try your best to avoid those. And then make sure that when you're going into this, you have a call to action that you want to say, a call to action rehearse to actually conclude the episode. So this is going to be, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to go to your website? Do you want them to go to a certain page in their website? Do you want them to go to your social media profile? Do you want them to call you, email you, download something you have for free? What specifically do you want the listeners to do after they've listened to the podcast, after they've listened to the great advice you've given that's going to add value to their business? What else do you want them to do in return for all that value that you provided? That's number three, a whole bucket of things that are tips that, that could help you best prepare for the actual interview. And then number four is going to be what to do after the interview. So once the official part of the interview is over, 
depending on the schedule of the interviewer, there's going to be at least a minute of chat back and forth with the host before you sign off. So at this time, if you want to, you can ask for any feedback on how you did, as well as asking them questions about when the interview will air, how you'll know, things like that. And then a good recommendation is to either on that same day or the next day, send a follow-up email to the interviewer expressing gratitude for them bringing you on their show. And then if you're an overachiever, you can actually send them a gift card or a small gift. So something really inexpensive, a card's like a few dollars, but it kind of is a reflection of your character in the eye of the interview. And if you remember, one of the benefits of this is your relationship with the interviewer. So if, if you're an aspiring apartment syndicator, maybe you've done a few deals, or maybe you've done one deal, or maybe you're trying to do a deal, or you've invested in a few deals, and you've gotten on this podcast as this big-time apartment syndicator, maybe it's just an apartment syndicator who's done twice as many deals as you have, it's a pretty good relationship to build and cultivate because they're where you want to be in the next few years. So sending that small gift or thank you card can strengthen that relationship even more than the podcast interview itself. And then once you know when the interview is going to air, so typically they can give you a time frame or a specific date, because for our interviews, we know specifically about five months in advance and the interview is going to air. You want to make sure you're preparing your listeners for the launching of that interview with some promotional social media posts to build up anticipation. So maybe right after it happens, have a blog post or a Facebook post that mentions that you're on this interview. Maybe have a picture of yourself afterwards or a screenshot of the interview. And then a few weeks before the interview, prepare people for it. Maybe if you talked about 10 things, each week for 10 weeks, you write a blog post in depth on each of the one things you talked about, and then boom, the podcast launched, everyone's ready, and they know exactly what you're gonna talk about. So that's just kind of an idea, but do what you wanna do, what's unique to you, but you wanna do something rather than just be interviewed, and then once it airs, just post that, and then that's it. And then once the interview is actually live, you wanna make sure that you're sending out the podcast to your newsletter list. You wanna make sure you're sharing the link to the podcast on your personal blog and website, and then you also want to make sure you're sharing it on your various social media profiles. You want to include a quick description of what someone will learn by tuning in to the episode. And then increase the engagement of the social media post by tagging both the profile of the host as well as the page for the podcast itself, the show page. And then make sure you're liking and replying to comments in a timely manner. So that's specific to Facebook. So those are the four ish, I guess it's kind of more than four tips on how to nail your interview on someone else's podcast. And then in the next episode, we're going to go over four more ways for a total of eight ways to nail your podcast interview. So until then, I recommend checking out some of the other syndication school series. We had a eight part series, I believe, that went in depth on how to create and grow a brand about your own podcast, your own blog, your own website, a lot of things that we mentioned in here that you might not have done already. So go back and check out those episodes, listen to those, download the free content so you can get caught up to speed so that you are prepared to be interviewed on other people's podcasts. And then other Syndication School episodes as well and all the free documents we have available at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you tomorrow. Best ever listeners, go to bec20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, bec20.com. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? 
Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single-family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.